This is B2B Radio featuring Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a nationally recognized leading business-to-business advisor, will present information that helps reduce risk, improve financial performance, and change your company's future. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. Hello, and welcome to B2B Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, and um, shout out to our show sponsor, Capital Plus. They are a, they manage, uh, they do help you with commercial financing um, and manage accounts receivable. They do factoring as a part of that process. Um, very good company, highly recommended by uh, by me. I've used them and I've, I've sent clients to them, and so uh, definitely recommend them. So this this show we're going to continue in our series on improving your cash flow again because it's so so important, um, and some of you are probably tired of hearing me say this, but of all the small business failures, eighty two percent of them are due to a cash flow problem. So that's why we're devoting several shows to this. So I want to um, dive a little bit into so what we're going to talk about this week are specifically are things you can measure and monitor to improve your cash flow. So things um, that uh, for most part, a lot of people, the key or the catchphrase or a lot of people use is uh, KPIs or key performance indicators. Um, And so we're going to dive into some of those and some of the key things to make sure you're taking a look at and that you can do as far as measuring, monitoring KPIs, et cetera, to improve your cash flow. So before we get into that, and again, some of you that have heard any of the other cash flow shows might be uh might be a little bored by this part but i do want to get into talking about um if you haven't heard the other ones so what is cash flow um i know it's a people talk about it all the time but what is it um and again i i think a lot of people think it's synonymous with your profits your net income and it's it's actually not um and so i'll try to be a little little have a little more brevity with this one because we've we've covered this on other shows but um it is one of those things that, again, I've already mentioned the importance of it, but profits are what it shows up on the bottom line. So, again, oversimplifying, but your your revenue minus your expenses are your profits. Cash flow focuses on the timing of the of when you're getting money in versus when money is going out. So, for example, when you when you're getting paid versus when you're actually paying someone else or paying for raw materials, things like that. So, it's un- important to understand the difference between those two because you could actually be making money you could have a profit but be negative have negative cash flow and and again because a lot of folks don't quite understand the concept of what cash flow is they that seems like crazy like well wait a minute if i'm making money and i have a profit how can i have negative cash flow um and i've given three examples and i'll, I'll sort of go over those again but so one of those examples where you could have um, a profit but not have um, not have it equal your cash flow. Let's say you've made an investment. Um, you've bought additional inventory. Um, you've bought some new computers, um, new equipment for the plant, um, things like that, where you've had to lay out the cash for those things, let's say, um, right up front, but you've not necessarily, um, you know, you've not earned anything from that. So let's say, again, in a manufacturing environment where you've purchased a new piece of equipment that makes the operations more efficient and you can you can turn out more widgets and things like that. And obviously you can, you know, accounting rules and not going, not getting into the weeds and all that, but you can amortize that over a period. But but nonetheless, and maybe you financed it as well, but let's say for this ex- sake of this example, you've, you're paid with cash. And let's say you've laid out $50,000 for this piece of equipment 
So you've paid, you've dropped, you've pulled $50,000 of cash out of your pocket, out of your bank account, paid for this piece of equipment, yet you haven't earned one sale from that piece of equipment yet. So that's a situation where the cash out is negative 50, the cash in is zero. So you're at a negative cash position um, with that piece of equipment. Now on your your P&L, it's not going to be that way because let's say, and again, I don't want to get into too, too, make it too technical here, but... Um, Let's say the useful life of that piece of $50,000 piece of equipment is 10 years. You would amortize that over 10 years. And so it's only, quote, unquote, costing you $5,000 per year on your, on your income statement. So, again, it it's makes a huge difference um, as far as the cash flow. Um, and that's a big difference between cash flow and, and profits. Um, so, and you could also have cash. You could have um, maybe even have positive cash flow and not have a profit. So that means you've gotten the cash, um, but maybe not from business operations. So it could be that you're using a credit card. Um, and again, I've talked about that on one of the other shows on how to improve your cash flow is using business cards, uh, business credit card. You might have tapped into a loan. You may have sold some equity. So you've gotten money in, but you haven't. Um, you haven't earned anything. So again, use a sort of an extreme example to hopefully make it a little bit easier. Um, let's say that you, um, uh, let's say you've taken an advance on a line of credit. So you have cash coming in. Let's say you took a $10,000 advance. You have $10,000 that's coming in. So you have cash now of $10,000. That doesn't mean you made a profit because maybe you have, you took that cash advance because you have $15,000 of expenses um, and so you on the on your P and L, you're actually you're losing money, but you actually have that ten thousand dollars in on a positive basis. So um, again, there's a lot of different examples of that, but I wanted to make sure we sort of cover um, the difference between the two. And again, some of you that have listened to any of the other cash flow shows have heard me um, talk about this before, but I wanted to make sure we we at least go over that briefly. Um, and so again, this show we're going to focus on different things to, that I would recommend that you measure and monitor. Um, to improve that. So again, uh, what I like to say, and I tell people all the time, is you're not going to change what you don't what you don't measure. Um, you can't manage it. Um, you're not going to change it. Um, if it's something that you're getting, you know, if you have a KPI report, a key performance key performance indicator report, and you have a set of metrics that you're t- keeping an eye on, um, you'll you'll obviously keep an eye on those, and you can make that part of your company culture that everyone knows that these certain metrics are very important to us. And so we're going to keep an eye on those things. And so there's several of those um, that deal with cash flow, and we're going to talk through those. So the first one I'll mention is, and I've talked about this before, beating a, beating a drum or beating the dead horse here, is make sure you have accurate costing or pricing. Make your pricing models very, um, very accurate. It is critically, critically important. Um, I've got an example of where I went into a company, and again, I've... Um, talked about this and I'm going to give a little bit of foreshadowing for the Mr. Biz tip of the tip of the week this week and it deals with this but I went into a company who said I said well let me take a look at your pricing and she said well we already have a pricing model it's great and I said okay well let's I'm going to dig into it anyway well long story short I dug into it she was looking to have a, a 20% margin gross profit margin and there were some jobs that she had recently priced out that she gave a 10% discount so basically put her margin down to 10% because she wanted to have a long-term relationship it was a large it could be potentially a lucrative uh, relationship, so she was willing to give a discount. Well, comes to find that her margin wasn't 20%. It was 3%, substantially less. So 
you think about it, you only have a 3% margin, you give a 10% discount, you're 7% in the hole. So you're literally paying that customer 7% of whatever the cost of that job is for the pleasure of doing business with them. So you're doing the work for them and you're essentially paying them to do that, that work if you don't have accurate costing. You can imagine if you operate your business that way, you won't be in business very long. So um, it's very, very important. So I, we're coming up against a break here shortly, so I want to pick this one back up because this costing piece is just um, absolutely critically important, and I'm sure some of you have heard me rant, preach, uh, get on my soapbox about this, but it is literally that important. So I'm going to talk through some different things you can do for your costing and things like that. But um, in the meantime, again, come back after the break. We're going to give the Mr. Biz tip of the week. Um, you can go off to our website, MrBizSolutions.com, which may be where you're listening. Um, our Facebook page is at MrBizSolutions. On Twitter, at MrBizTweets or Ken MrBizWentworth. Do you need to dive into online marketing but don't know where to start? Maybe you need an expert to help design your website. Or maybe you just need to drive more traffic to your website. Our Biz Marketing is here to help. Our customized local service specializes in digital lead generation. Our Biz Marketing, where our business is marketing your business online. Go to rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. To submit questions to the show, email them to MrBiz at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Welcome back to BB Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And we are talking during this show about different things to monitor and measure to improve your cash flow. But first, before we dive back into those and pick up where we left off, let's talk about the Mr. Biz tip of the week. So it is closely tied into what we're actually talking about right now. Hint, hint, surprise on that one, right? Is literally I've never worked with a company that's had 100% accurate pricing or costing. Um, and so what I would highly recommend the folks because it is so important and you're going to hear me you've heard at the end of the last break, uh, before in the last segment, I should say, and I'm going to continue on it here, um, right after this, how critically important, um, pricing and costing is to the, the health of your business to, if you don't have that expertise and, and honestly, if you're not a, a numbers person and, and been there, done that before you, you probably don't have that is I would strongly encourage you to hire an expert to help you with that. And even if you only hire them uh, once a year or twice a year to come in and do a, a quick analysis and help you with that, and as, maybe after they do it a few times for you, you start to pick up, you can ask a lot of questions, and maybe after that you can do it on your own. But at least to get you know sort of on the right path, you gotta you got to hire someone that really knows what the heck they're doing with this um, because it is literally that important. As the, as the, the example I gave um, at the end of the last segment, um, the company that – thought their margins were 20% and they were actually three. So what I find often is that the pricing model doesn't include everything. And so two tips I give on that are um, very simple, actually. Look look at your P&L um, and look at all, uh, specific, specifically, easy for me to say, on the expense side. 
and look down every single line on the expense side of your P&L and ensure that you're capturing a piece of every expense line in that pricing model because you want a fully loaded cost model that includes everything. So it's very, very important. The other thing you can do that will help you out with that, and it sounds silly and you might look silly doing it if someone was watching you, but if you make widgets, um, hold the widget in your hand, sit it in front of you, look at it. What, what pieces, parts go into that widget? Um, I, you always use the example of a coffee mug. If it's a coffee mug, you know, is there printing on it? Um, what colors are on it? So the, maybe the ink that goes into that, um, the, the ceramic or whatever you're, it's made out of, um, the molds, you know, what do those molds cost you, um, to, to, to put it, put it into the, the oven that you put it into to bake it or, you know, however you make it. Um, those are some ways you can sort of look at that and make sure you're capturing everything that you should be capturing. The, the P&L is almost like a, a no-brainer, right? You can, again, again, go down and make sure you're capturing each of those lines to make sure you're not at thinking you're at 20% when you're actually at 3 um, Because, again, if you're pricing jobs that you think you're making a profit on, if you're not monitoring that, then you're actually losing money, or potentially could be losing money, I should say. And the one way to do it is once you come up with a pricing model, test it against last year, uh, last year's financial statements, and take a look at that and see what your margins were for the prior year. You might be surprised. Actually, you probably will be surprised, um, and that they're probably lower than what you think. So, But the big benefit of, of costing jobs um, is you, you, you're making sure that nothing is slipping through the cracks from a cost perspective, um, and you're getting paid for the value you're delivering. Um, that's the biggest piece of it. Um, you want to make sure that you're costing that. Maybe, and I again, uh, another quick story, but I, I worked with a company that um, they had more, literally what he told me was, we started talking about his marketing, and he said, Ken, I don't want to do any marketing. I don't want to invest in marketing because I have more business than I can handle now. And I said, okay, well, I found out why. I mean, his pricing was so far off, and that's why he ended up, had to end up calling me, ironically enough, was because he was had a cash flow problem, and he, he was doing a bunch of work and wasn't making money. Um, it was because of his pricing. He thought that he was making money, um, but he was pricing jobs very, way too cheap. I mean, he could have been making a lot more money. His margins were so low, and that's why he was getting all these bids, because he did really good work, um, but his pricing was so far below competition that, of course, someone he would come and do a bid for someone, and they would say, you know, they probably got a couple other bids, and his was way cheaper, and he had a good reputation, so he's getting all this business, but he's not making any money off of it. So he's just sort of churning and almost running in place is, is, is one way to look at it. So um, I can't emphasize enough how important that is. That's one of the first things I look at when I go into a business typically is their, is their, their, their pricing model, their costing. Um, the second thing, and I alluded to this a little bit um, in another show, but is measuring, monitoring your, um, your day's sales outstanding, or DSO. Um, that sounds kind of confusing, a lot of syllables there. But basically what it is, is it measures, um, it measures the number of days it takes you to collect a dollar of sales, is the simple way of putting it. So again, uh, it's sort of what I've alluded to on other shows before about it's that payable receivable cycle. So when you're paying for your goods compared to when you get the money in for uh, a sale. So a lot of different ways, so you want to measure that. You want to make sure it's trending in the right direction. If it's you need to know enough about it to say if all of a sudden if your DSO was 24 and all of a sudden it's trending to 27, 28, 32, holy crap, what's going on? I got to make some changes here. Um, clearly something's not going well. And it could be your collection process, which we have another show on that, um, how to improve your cash flow with collections. 
uh, changing, making changes in your collections process, but you want to monitor that. And if anything, you want to keep it, get it to a point where you think is a good place and then, and try to, you know, work really hard to keep it there. Um, that's, it's critically important because again, that this will have a huge impact on your cash flow as well as you can imagine, because as that continues to stretch out and becomes longer and longer, it just means it's taking you longer and longer for you to get cash in the door, which is not what you want. Um, you want to make sure you're getting, you know, getting it in as soon as possible. So, and again, we've talked through on other shows, several different ways to do that, but you know, uh, real quick, um, a couple things you can do to shorten that payable receivable cycle Pay your own invoices with a corporate card, with a business card. Um, you can wait until day 29. If, it, if there's no discount offered and it's due in 30 days, pay on day 29 with a business card. Um, and then it gives you another, depending on your, your credit card billing cycle, another 30 to 45 days probably before you have to actually lay the cash out to pay for those things. You can also take advantage of the rewards of a business card. So you can get you know 2% cash back, for example, for that. Um, make sure that you bill quickly. So you invoice very quickly. So when someone owes you money, you complete your construction or remodeler and you complete the project, You should that invoice should go to that customer. You either hand it to them before you leave or you electronically send it to them that day or no later than the next day. Get it to them quickly. That starts that clock running and get your money quicker. Um, be very transparent about um, early, um, early discounts for early payment, late fees, penalties, et cetera. Um, have some sort of reminder process. So... Maybe an email, um, you know, I usually tell people to email about five days before it's due to give them a reminder of, hey, don't forget, you know, I uh, hope everything's working out well with what you bought, which the, the whatever it was, and, the, you know, the payment's due on this date, and by the way, if you don't pay by that date, here's the penalty. Make sure you remind them of that to show them that you're serious because that'll get you towards the top of that list. And the last thing I'll mention on that is to accept credit cards, and I've, I've, I've really beat the dead horse on that one, but... Um, the, the 2 to 3% you're going to pay for that will absolutely more than pay for itself in the long run. So make sure that, uh, um, and again, you can listen to other shows. I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail on that one, but you can absolutely, absolutely help yourself by taking credit cards. It makes it easier for you, easier for your customers. And by the way, and I've mentioned this before, but your customers may be trying to do the same thing that I just mentioned for you as you paying your invoice with a business card. They may want to pay their invoices with a credit card to stretch out theirs to improve their cash flow. So again, it's sort of a win-win there. And that 2 or 3% is absolutely more than worth it when you can cut down on um, the, the timing of payment as well as um, bad debts that people don't actually pay. People will pay more and are more apt to pay with a credit card as, a pull, as, a, as opposed to pulling money out of their pocket to pay. So we are up against the break. Join us back after the break, and we will continue talking through some more tips on things to monitor to, um, and measure to improve your cash flow. Are you tired of the recruiting and hiring Merrig around? There simply aren't enough trained diesel mechanics in Columbus. And guess what? It's only going to get worse. I'm Tim Spurlock, president of American Diesel Training Centers. In short, we find, vet, train, and place quality entry-level techs through an intensive 12-week hands-on experience. We've partnered with some of the best transportation companies in Columbus. We'd like to partner with you. Find out more at AmericanDieselCBus.com. That's AmericanDieselCBus.com. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at 
don't hesitate because there are limited spots available. Follow Mr. Biz on social media at Mr. Biz Tweets on Twitter and Ken Mr. Biz Wentworth on LinkedIn. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Welcome back to BB Radio with me, Mr. Biz Ken Wentworth. So, we're again, we're talking through um, ways, things you should monitor and measure, um, keep an eye on to improve your cash flow. So, let's dive right back in here and make sure we get through all of these before we run out of time this week. Um, we've got a few more that I want to make sure we hit that are important. So, Closely tied into the costing and pricing we just talked about at the end of the last segment is calculating your gross profit margin. So it sort of goes hand in hand with it. And so what that does is, so it's essentially, um, again, not to get too far into the weeds on this, but it's your gross profit. So revenue minus expenses uh, divided by your revenue, um, your cost of goods sold divided by revenue times 100 to get a percentage. So what that shows you, and here's what it'll do, it'll show you how much of your revenue covers expenses, uh, cost of goods sold, and how much of it goes to your bottom line. Um, essentially, it is left for, for profit or you know some administrative thing. So um, it's a critical thing. And it, it, the reason you want to monitor it, so first of all, you should monitor it, monitor it by job or project. So you can see a particular job like, oh, we, we had an overrun. Why is our margin... Our gross profit margin on this particular job, we shoot to have a 30% margin on this job. It was only 18. Well, let's look and see why it was only 18. What did we do? Oh, well, we had to go back three times because um, we had poor quality work on something and we had to go back. So how do we fix that? Right? Going back and doing redos costs a lot of money. They're very, very costly, very expensive for a business. So do it right the first time, right? <laughs> Sounds simple, but those are the type of things you want to look at. So if you look at it by job and you can see how close to that 30%, if that's your goal, are you staying? And, and if you're not around that 30% mark, why? And you can start to see a pattern potentially if you're not at that 30% and then, you know, implement changes into your process overall, your operations to make sure you're not having those problems going forward. You want to do it by customer. So maybe there's a particular customer and it's going to lead into a, 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 something else I want to talk about next, but Maybe there's a particular customer who's really particular about things, and frankly, sometimes it's maybe just a pain in the neck. And so you have to constantly go out and rework things or redo things for them. Um, that eats into that margin. And so there's a couple ways you can approach that. You can either, when you bid something future for that customer, you either build that into the process and say, well, I know I'm going to have to go back out there. It's not going to be a three-visit uh, project. It's going to be a six-visit project. So I need to build that into the pricing. Or, and we'll talk about this next, you may have to not do jobs for that customer anymore. Lastly, you want to do it for overall. So you want to look at your gross profit margin overall for your business and make sure, again, you're trying to stay in that. If, if your goal is 30, you want to make sure you're staying a, around that 30. It is absolutely a sort of a leading indicator of cash flow problems. So that's why you want to continue to monitor that on an absolute regular basis. Um, another thing you want to do, and I just alluded to a little bit a minute ago, is you want to make sure that you're looking at this. And again, if you're doing your margins by customer, you'll find out um, that if you have some customers that you just don't make money off of. So, um, you know, beforehand, if you meet with a client, you need to explain the need to increase prices. So what I typically say is, you know, uh, or a lot of people say even, uh, is just fire those clients. I, look, I'm a loyalty person and I want to, it takes a lot of money and a lot of effort to get new customers, right? New clients. So you want to try to keep them, even if they're paying the neck. What it might be is you have to increase the price to have to to maintain that appropriate margin. So again, like the example I gave, if it's 
typically a project that would take three visits to that customer or client, and you know with them it's going to be double that, so it's going to be six visits, you price that in. And so now your margin is appropriate, and now it's going to increase the price for them. And maybe they say, well, it's too high, and I don't want to pay that. Well, that's fine, because you want to let that type of work go, because it's not at the margin you're looking for. Um, I'll give a quick example. Um, I was working with a company, a small manufacturing company, that produce things that go into uh, to, to houses, um, countertops, sinks, uh, things like that. And they had a contract with a uh, home builder, uh, the absolute giant in the local market for home, build, home builders. So you would think that that account would be like an absolute cash cow. When I started working with them, I dug into it. And because I noticed that we were having a lot of redos, um, we were having people have people having to go back out to installations and redo things and touch this up and touch that up. So it kind of raised my suspicions a little bit. So I looked into the margins for this particular cash cow, a uh, big client. And what I found was that we were actually losing money on every job we did for this client. So here we are thinking, oh my gosh, we have a contract with this huge home builder. This is great. Um, and there, there, there are some reputational things, right? You can say so, such and such is a client that helps give your, uh, give some credibility to your brand, but we were literally losing money. And the main reasons we were losing money were that we had so many redos, um, and we, they only were using our lowest margin products. Um, they didn't want to use us for all our whole suite of products. They only wanted these particular products and they were our lowest margin product. And the owner had cut things really close because he wanted to build that relationship with this huge builder and sell them more parts of our suite. Well, that never happened. So these low margin products that we were already razor thin margins on, we're having to go out and do reinstallations, touch ups, things like that. So it ate away that tiny margin. And so again, we were at the negative. So I had to sit the owner down and say, look, you're not going to believe this, but we actually lose money with this customer. And he said, okay, you're crazy. I said, so I had to sit him down and <laughs> explain everything to him. Long story short, we went back to that particular customer and said, look, We'd love to be able to bid on some of the other products that we offer and become a supplier for you for those. And they had other suppliers, and they weren't even willing to listen. Um, I think it was a little bit of the sort of good old boy network. Um, and uh, they probably had some customers they, or um, suppliers that they had had for a long time and were happy with them, and so that, that happens. So what we did was we said, okay, well, well, we'll we'll continue to make these products for you for the next 60 days, but as of that day, we will no longer be doing business with you. And so it sounds crazy. And literally we walked out of that meeting um, and the owner said, I've, I've owned this place for quite a while and I could have owned it for another 20 years and I would never have thought to look at them as a potential client to, to let go um, just because it seems so counterintuitive. But that's an example of how important these things are. The last thing I'll mention is, and again, sounds really obvious, but um, controlling your expenses so when things get tight, um, here's here's a couple of rules of thumb I would say to follow. So first of all, you can always look to cut your marketing um, and your advertising. I, I tell people when I see this all the time, what I would absolutely advise you, do not cut below 2% of your annual revenue. You have to continue to keep your name out there in your local markets or in whatever market you're in. you got to ha- keep it out there. And so at least at a minimum, you got to have 2% of your of spend. you got to keep it out there. you got to keep things going. You can reduce inventory. So maybe you've got an inventory buildup, and so you can cut that down and use almost more like just-in-time inventory if you need to to really um, help yourself in a temporary thing. Now, it's a pain in the butt to do that, and it's very laborious. However, 
you got to do what you got to do sometimes, right? Um, you can sell old inventory. Maybe you've got inventory that um, is not being used, hasn't been used. Maybe you've got some spare equipment that can help you. Um, that's not necessarily controlling expenses, but it can help you get some additional cash. So the rule of thumb um, that I like to look at when I'm trying to help people control expenses are I look at the expense and does this expense directly or indirectly or not at all lead to sales? And if it leads directly to sales, I leave that alone, initially at least. Um, we may reduce it, but we, we leave it alone. If it's indirect, that's a candidate. If it is not tied into sales at all, that's an absolute candidate to be cut. Um, administrative costs, things like that. Does it have an impact on customer service? Yes, no, maybe. Again, the same process. Is it off limits for cutting? Is it something you want to cut, it's, it's, uh, uh, et cetera? Again, going back to it, I know I'm preaching here, but strong pricing helps you here. It tells you exactly where you're at and um, and where to look for those types of things. So if you're monitoring a lot of things we've already talked about during the show, you'll be ahead of the game and you'll know where to look um, right off the bat. So those are the tips uh, this week for um, improving your cash flow with key performance indicators, things to mo- measure and monitor on a regular basis. Thanks for listening this week, and thanks to our sponsor, our show sponsor, Capital Plus. You can find them at cpifunding.com, or you can call them at 855-522-3951. Have a great week, and don't forget, cash flow is king. This has been B2B Radio with your host, Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for 25 years. Learn more about them at cpifunding.com, or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.